That was no, just, we're, we're done. We're no, I was just, I was just recording extra banter on a separate file. Okay. Yeah. A All banter right. file. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds foul. Isn't that the thing <laughs> that the uh, sand people ride? A banter file. <laughs> they don't like no, the word. No banter. Uh, banter. Banter file is someone who likes who loves to have, them. Yes. Well, I was going to say has sex with them. Well. <laughs> but maybe they just emotionally love them. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway. They don't like to be called sand people. That's really derogatory. <laughs> what is the actual name for their... I don't... We spe- don't know as far as I know. Lucas... They're it, either called it, Tuscan Raiders, which I imagine is terribly offensive. <laughs> and then they're called sand people, which... Yeah. I don't know about that one. Lucas is a racist. Yes. <laughs> Me no think so. But I don't think it's intentional. Me no think so. I think he just likes old tropes. Yeah. But doesn't view them as... He views them as being completely separate from the real world, I feel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. he talks in a crazy Jamaican accent. That doesn't mean anything to him, except, you know, no. that character. This one's, you know... A racist Chinese character from the 1930s. Yeah. It's a perfect villain. What are you talking about? (laughs) That being said, welcome to the show. You're listening to Chewing the Scenery, horror movie podcast. This podcast is, uh, what is it about? Three friends getting together talking about horror movies? Yeah, Mm -hmm. something like that. That is it. But first, and for a long time, we will talk about Recently Watched. A long, long time. The show is called Recently Watched. We should just do that. It's, yeah. Yeah. Three idiots review what they watched this past week. Oh, there's a subreddit called Idiots Fighting Things. You've got to look at that. Uh, I've oh, seen that one. That's a good one. Um, what do I normally say? Uh, you thank the moon, moon race. race. Okay. Moon race. Is that next? Do I, is that what? Sure, why not? We're not professionals, by the way. Yeah, we're not professional critics. Duh. I thought that was self-evident. Yeah, we're not professional podcast uh, makers either because there's no commercials. Oh, uh, is that what makes you a professional podcast well that means you're getting paid but we are i suppose we are dream makers and heartbreakers yes yeah <laughs> so don't mess i'm around. not gonna sell out put commercials in this fine piece of art this is casper mattresses <laughs> this is just us having fun but yes we'd like to thank the moon rays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show Find their music on Amazon or um, Apple Music, where you can buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are, The Moon Dash Rays. And uh, like Jolien mentioned earlier, we're not professional critics. We're just your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolien. Hello. All right, guys. Recently watched. This is going to take a while, so somebody start. Go ahead. 
Me? Yeah, you have ah. three. You suck. <clears throat> I've only got three. So I watched the entirety of uh, season one. I think there's only two seasons of the Purge television series. I thought, what is this, a Purge reboot? What is this? And whatever platform I was on, whether it was Peacock or uh, or uh, Paramount, one of these platforms, I went, oh, I better click on it and see what the description says. Apparently, click on it means play. Yes. And I see the, uh, the length of time in the little doodad at the bottom, the little tracker, uh, which shows up for a second. I went, oh, it's 53 minutes, 58 minutes. It's it's a TV series. Huh. Oh. Interesting. It's really good. I was impressed. The writing was really solid. Like I watched one or two of the Purge movies and I'm like, okay, I've seen everything I need to see. I don't need to watch the next four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they should make Paranormal Purge. And just <laughs> Purge bring... in space. <laughs> Ooh, Purge in space. Annabelle. <laughs> paranormal purge in space just cram it all together yeah, paranormal it... puppets in space yes yes so uh this was created by james demonico um demonico yeah he's known for two purge movies well the first three purge movies hmm. i guess but for some reason, you mean the one purge movie and then, that and, gets released every couple of years? And then it's, <laughs> it's two copies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows if you make a copy of a copy of a copy. Uh huh. It's getting pretty fuzzy now. Right. You can barely make out the actors. Yeah, I couldn't watch Purge Election Year in 2016. I just couldn't. Ah. No. Uh, anyway, this is really good. I do recommend it. Um, it. Uh, it goes into some different characters and their situations, and um, the storylines carry through very well. I don't want to go into it and ruin it for anyone, so I'm Is not. Is it canceled on a cliffhanger? Um, probably, I, but it's two seasons, and I watched one of them. Oh, okay. So I don't know where they pick up with the second one, but some bad people get their comeuppance, which is always fun. Um, Unless you're one of those bad people. (laughs) I want to get away with my schemes forever. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So then we watched this. Oh, no, I mean, I always figure my plan's going to blow up in my stupid face at some point. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to go with it until it does. I always feel my stupid plans will fail to launch and not even get a chance to blow up in my face. Ah, when they blow up on the launching pad, that's a great moment. I wonder about those, like in the 60s, those villains who want to conquer the world. If one of them actually succeeded and he'd have to run the world, and they'd regret it so bad. It's a lot of work, right? Yeah. I don't think it was terribly well executed, but um, House of Cards, the U.S. version, uh, what's his name we won't mention? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin something. I'm spacing it out. But yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'm so spacey lately. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to be president, and once he finally becomes president... He has no idea what to do, mm-hmm. and he becomes so bored with it. And I thought that was a great, you know, little twist there. And yes. you know, instead of finally had, well, I mean, he finally had it all. It wasn't enough. Now I got to conquer the moon. <laughs> yeah, and those moon Nazis are fierce. Oh yeah, I've watched a couple moon Nazi Unless movies. Unless you get them in good Earth gravity, and then they they can't do shit because. <laughs> Bones yeah. have gotten weak. They're only a sixth of the <laughs> strength of a normal man. Yeah. Well, that's why they got to train chimps to be space Nazis. 
because they're so much stronger than a man that, yes. you know, once you do the calculus on that, you know where it ends up. Um, next, I watched I See You. This is a 2019 American horror thriller film uh, directed by Adam Randall from a screenplay by Devin Gray. It stars Helen Hunt, John Tenney, and Judah Lewis. Um, this is uh, something about a kid getting abducted while riding his bike and uh wow what a pitch and some uh some detective is trying to solve the case and i literally can't tell you anything about this without spoiling it oh okay um i should have you know what honestly i should have just given you the imdb blurb on this one let's let's see if that's if that's easier um i thought i was trying to figure out who helen hunt was because she her face doesn't look the same uh, that sounds mean, but she kind of looks more like Celine Dion than her old self. Well, you know, it has been 30 years since Mad About You, so. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, here, How here's, dare she age? Here's a better blurb for this than what I could have come up with, because this won't spoil too much. Uh, when a 12-year-old boy goes missing, lead investigator Greg Harper struggles to balance the pressure of the investigation and troubles with his wife, Jackie. That's Helen Hunt. Uh, facing a recent affair, uh, great strain is put on his family and slowly gnaws away at Jackie's grip on reality. But after a malicious presence manifests itself in their home and puts their son, Connor, uh, in mortal danger, the cold, hard truth about evil in the Harper household is finally uncovered. Now, uh, what? <laughs> sounds like every other movie you've watched. However, um, they do kind of like, and, and I will spoil this much about it. They, they will. Take, you know what? Spoil the whole fucking thing because it sounds boring as dirt. I don't want to ever watch it. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you off mic. But um, at some point in the movie, you will see a couple of, uh, I don't know, late teen, early 20s, uh, boy and a girl. uh a couple of ne'er-do-wells who are frogging, spelled with a P-H, which is to sneak into well-to-do people's houses and basically do... Graffiti and stuff. No, no, no. Uh, live there, hang out there, like hide, and then do stuff in the house and eat their food and... Have... You mean Spider-Manning? That's what it should be called. Because... Or creepy crawling? Yeah, listeners look up the Denver Spider-Man and... That'll tell you everything you need to know. Living in the attic and then coming down and eating food. I mean, that's what the Mansons used to do. <laughs> Creepy crawl into people's houses. Oh, so Move weird. stuff around. Yeah. And then sneak back out. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds Seem like a waste of a night. It kind of does. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Um, Should have spent those nights planning murders, not just <laughs> going through with it. Um. Yeah, so this one is uh, it's, it's, 91 minutes long, and it feels every minute of it. Ah, let me tell you. <laughs> is the kid, is the missing kid a hallucination? I wish. Oh, damn. Now the, is he a robot? <clears throat> um, there's a bigger twist than either of those things, to, oh, to be honest with you. dead all along. He's a genie. <laughs> that would be cool. She killed him, strapped him to the bicycle, set him off. Yes. That would be even and he, better. And he accidentally went into the back of an open van. So the guy who drives the van is accused and he has to be on the run from the law. Okay. I, I'm going with this. Uh, Eventually the van will drive off a road and 
a small embankment and explode. <laughs> yes. He's, yeah. tr- he's trying to make it to a country without extradition laws about the deceased. Yeah. And he finally ends up living in a park with a place where uh, every 60s, early 70s TV show filmed a ghost town episode in. Mm-hmm. Chips. Chips, Adam 12, that yeah. very building they hide out in. <laughs> I'm certain. And it's run by a prehistoric witch who's cursed them to live for 16,000 years. Yes. Even though at the end it turns out they want the curse. <laughs> what the? F- we'll get to no, that. We're going a bit far now. Yeah. yeah. Um, last but not least, I watched a um, documentary. Will, you'll dig this. It's uh, an hour and 20 minutes long. Um, it is called uh, Iron Maiden. It's, class- it's classic albums, Iron Maiden, The Number of the Beast. Now, this album... I don't know how you feel about Iron Maiden and the new wave of British heavy metal, Will. I know how Jolien feels about it. I love the posters. Posters are great. There's some good songs. Never my thing, really. Yeah. However, uh, I would say whether you love it, hate it, or you're somewhat indifferent, it's hard to deny that uh, The Number of the Beast is a fantastic album. Uh, Especially since the Beast number was unlisted at the time. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) 667 the neighbor of the beast yes uh so this is a documentary documentary about the making of uh the number of the beast and my favorite parts are always you know aside from some behind the scenes stuff with engineers and producers talking about how they got a certain sound um i always like uh the you know the the studio stuff where you can hear them put the tracks together. It's like you could hear just the vocals and then they go and then the bass line does this and then they add it all in. Mm-hmm. I love when they do that. And they do that literally in every one of these kind of documentaries. I'm a total sucker for that. But uh, Bruce Dickinson said that, um, oh God, what song was it where he said that they made him do the intro part to like the first four lines of the song for like hours. And then the big scream that takes in into the next part. He said by the time he was allowed to do the scream, he had so much pent up frustration and anger that he's like, I don't know if I could have done it better Mm. if I hadn't been so annoyed at how long it took to get the right take. Maybe they did that on purpose. Kubrick, you know, yeah. (laughs) Forcing your act. Yeah. Firing a rifle, slapping them in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Haranguing them endlessly. (laughs) Yeah. But if you like Iron Maiden at all, this is a really great one. It was on Tubi, I believe. And uh, I really felt like I wanted to listen to the album again. So the next day at work, I just found some YouTube uh, video where it was just the album cover with the album playing. And it holds up really well. Been a while since I'd listened. And not to make anyone jealous, but I saw them on this tour and it was fantastic. Yeah. That's all I got. Well, all right. Will, you want to go next? Sure. So did you just let Tubi pick everything for you? A lot of this. Some of it was my own poor choices. I tried to watch Microwave Massacre from 1983, but quickly realized it was a piece of shit trauma film. Or trauma-esque, 
I don't remember if that's even worse, but it's one that's you know giving you a wink the whole time. Isn't this great and crazy? Aren't we just you know wild filmmakers? No, uh, I watched something called Satan's Legacy, which was over three weeks ago, so I don't remember what Satan's Legacy was. It was pretty dull though. <laughs> it felt like Satan wasn't up to a whole lot. Wow. And maybe he had kind of let his legacy die. It's just, I don't know. Then I watched the great film uh, Reform School Girls. Oh, Believe yeah. Believe it won an Oscar in 1986. You'd think when it, it was would. released. <laughs> uh, Wendy O. Williams took home the, the <laughs> Oscar that year. Um, she deserved it, honestly. This movie, <laughs> this is a movie that they're they're winking at you, but at the same time, they're really going all out. They're not, you know, pulling their punches there. There's a great scene at the end when one of the characters climbs out of the bus that she's driving that's, I believe, on fire and gets on the top of it. And shoots a gun while screaming, and they run into a, a big watchtower. Or mm-hmm. maybe it's Big Water Tower. It's fantastic. Hey, that, when, Wendy O. Williams loved doing those kind of stunts. She's not doing it. It's some uh, uh, her main rival who, huh. of course, becomes friends at the end so they can take down the system. Did they not ever do anything like that in the movie? Oh, she, she did some stunts, yeah. No, but that stunt in particular... Was not, hmm. not her. I know. I see. The thing is, I know this from some plasmatics videos. Oh, okay. You know, because she would, like, she drove a bus or a truck or something into a wall of televisions. You know, she used to do yeah. crap like that a lot. She used yeah. to saw TVs in half with a chainsaw on stage. That can't be safe. Back in those days. Yeah. These days it would be a lot. Be safer. fine. Yeah. I watch. Uh, uh, movie serials when I'm doing my exercises because the, the timing's good. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, if you see a woman doing a stunt in those films, it's probably Helen Thurston. <laughs> and she was like the double for Greta Garbo and Marilyn Monroe. And, wow. I mean, she, she was good looking herself. Uh, <laughs> but she, she was up for it. She'd do anything. That's cool. Yeah, she does amazing stuff. Speaking of stunt women, I'll jump to one that I watched recently called Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, yeah. This is a 70s comedy that some of the jokes don't quite work anymore. Uh, That's an early John Landis, isn't it? uh, No, it's uh, uh, Dante, Joe Dante. Dante, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, Mm. got the wrong one. So, uh, yeah. It's got some good bits. Uh, the Mary, fake movies. Mary Warrenoff is really good in that. Oh, she's fantastic. Everybody's pretty good in it. Um, they make fun of the of the cheapies. So there's a whole section where they're filming a movie in the Philippines, and nothing is safe. <laughs> uh, and then they make a kind of a Mad Maxian car dystopia yeah, death movie. race 2000 yeah death race 2000 kind of stuff yeah it's 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 pretty good some of the jokes are kind of corny dick miller has a pretty big part in it as a, a, a movie agent and he's he's good he's got some jokes that were written in the, the teens 
1919. Hmm. You know, so pretty good. I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. Yeah, Joe Dante made that on a bet that he could make a movie that cheaply. Yeah. Oh, they're great. They're like, we make a movie a week. We're called Miracle Pictures. It's a miracle if it's a good movie. <laughs> so I, I recommend it. It's on Tubi. Anything good, it's on Tubi. <laughs> uh, I watched something on Tubi called Cries of Ecstasy, Blows of Death. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just for the title. Um, I don't know what was happening, really. It's a post-apocalyptic, like, environmental disaster, mid to late 70s independent film. Hmm. Um, They have some compound bows that I think they must have been trying to make a commercial for because they just keep showing them over and over like, we're supposed to be fascinated by this compound bow and they were fairly new at the time so maybe but Mm. (laughs) as a as a modern person and someone who actually shot compound bows it's just like okay get on with it yeah it's it's a bow and arrow we get how it works it's not magic or anything yeah it's it's just got um, it's pulleys yeah i was gonna say you you get extra zing because it's got pulleys yeah you know um Um, remind me to tell you later about I pulleys? No, I have a crossbow story for you after this. Oh, okay. Continue. Uh, all the listeners now are going to be like, what's this crossbow story? That sounds better than why, this. Why can't we, we record the crossbow story, is it? Get to the crossbow story what, what happened? Well, okay. Uh, you know how there's there's no statute of limitations on murder right? Yeah. or manslaughter? Mm-hmm. I was a kid. I'll just tell the story. I won't, <laughs> yes. I won't name any names. Sure. Um, I was a kid, probably six, five or six. I don't know. Way. I, oh, yeah. You, way you, you won't young. go to jail for that. No, no. I didn't do it, <clears throat> but I did witness it. Um, my dad and I were over at some dude's house for some reason. I don't know what it was. Was he giving a price on some concrete? Was he buying some antique thing from this guy or selling him something? Um, but this guy, just one of those trips you took with your dad to one of his weird friend's houses. You're like, well, what are we doing here? And who is this nut? Luckily, weird acquaintance, not weird friend. Okay. He What's took... this weird tasting sugar in these bags? <laughs> yeah. Why uh, does it smell like a skunk in here all the time? Oh, it, believe me, it was nothing like that, but maybe illegal weapons. Why is that guy selling my dad so many batteries? <laughs> uh, this guy. This guy, who I remember had a false leg from some war or another, got out a crossbow, and he goes, yeah, this thing's pretty nice, so on and so forth, and he just points it in the middle distance and just fires it. South suburbs of Chicago. Without looking. Oh, outside, not just... just no, just into the fucking distance. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What? How old would you have been? Seventy three, seventy four. It would have been the early seventies, yeah. Yeah, there was a rash of crossbow murders <laughs> in Chicago. Bolts from the blue, they called it. Bolts from the blue, indeed. Can you imagine, like, if it hits something near you? It, like, say, for example, you're in the backyard playing lawn darts, which is, you know, a safe game from the seventies. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a crossbow bolt just. <laughs> I would have been killed if it wasn't for that deep dish pizza. <laughs> right. You hide under one of those. Yeah. Nothing's going to penetrate it's lasagna that. with the bread included. Yeah. Nobody there eats them. 
No, it's they're terrible. Tu- tourists only. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go into that another time. So, murder. Uh, manslaughter, maybe. Manslaughter. Careless. All right, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched an old favorite, Girl in the Gold Boots. This is a uh, trio of losers go to Hollywood to pursue their dreams. The uh, lady in the group. Uh, I don't remember her name. Uh, she wants to be a dancer. Uh, guy looks kind of like Frankie Avalon's kind of a little thug. And then there's this proto-hippie, almost hippie, I don't know, uh, motorcycle rider who meets <laughs> up with them. And uh, it's uh, takes place at the Haunted House in Los Angeles, club that was popular in the 60s, 70s. Um, it's not a good movie at all, but it's one of those terrible movies that you're like, <laughs> there's some overacting in there, chewing the scenery. Indeed, it's, mm. it's fantastic. This woman cries about her. She's, you know, the older, more experienced dancer who has been corrupted by the system. She cries about how when she came, when she first got there, she had such a beautiful mind. And it's just, oh, it's so bad. Check it out. <laughs> or just turn on Tubi and let it keep running. That's how it came up. It'll That's have... how it's come up before. So, yeah. There's a MST3K <clears throat> version that's pretty good, too. Uh, I watched something marked in horror, labeled horror, called The Naked Zoo, which had nothing to do with horror, barely anything to do with crime, which was the second label. Uh, basically a... Uh, oh, who would who would be a uh, uh, what is his name? Philip Roth, sort of uh, author, trying to write some sort of what would now be called, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, privileged whining or something. <laughs> How coeds don't want to sleep with you when you're fifty. You know, real problems. Yeah. Um, and he's uh, he's dating Rita Hayworth on the side, who's like in her forties. She still looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then he kills Rita Hayworth's husband. Some stuff happens. Uh, people who had never smoked pot seem to write all the scenes where they smoke pot because people just freak the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody gets mellow. They just lose it. Um, Oh, this was the movie. I've heard the band. I've heard their songs. Been around forever. Uh, Canned Heat, which Mm -hmm. is a kind of a blues rock band. I've never, I've seen their pictures perhaps, but I've never seen them perform. And this movie came out in 1970. These are the ugliest men to ever form a band. Even in a band. Even if they were like writing number one hits. Worse than Kiss Without Makeup. Yes. (laughs) Not one of these fools could get laid. Even if they were like, I'm a bass player in a a big band. You're like, no, get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, wow. It made the movie for me. And of course, because it's a 70s movie, the song, the band plays the entire song. 
they don't scamp they don't you know have dialogue talking over it for very long it's just basically a filler with a band it seems to happen in a lot of movies in the 70s <laughs> uh although can't heat was you know an actual known band so yes. it's uh kind of surprising yeah Usually it's some, you know, local band you've never heard of and they never went anywhere. Uh, I think that's probably enough because I got 4,000 more of these. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to keep reading them for yeah, the life of for, the show. It detains me. Yeah, okay, good. My vague, sort of sarcastic movie reviews. Yes, <laughs> Starring people, Put that, upon, people that you I, can't remember. <laughs> we should call this Don't Go Near the Watch List. Yes, Don't Go Near the Watch List. And I think you said somebody said that I felt that I seem put upon by these films. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do. I, I often <laughs> feel put upon by films. <laughs> That's right. Like, why are you so bad? You mm. could at least be entertaining. Yeah. Or, you know, have have some semblance of a story. Yeah. It's always good. Julian, what, what about you? All right. Uh, well, um, my beloved was away for a few days. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I spent the time wisely. Yeah. Uh, watched a whole bunch of war movies. Uh, I'm actually, it's actually for a project. So I'm, he says. I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to look at all this pornography for a project. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You yeah. Know. What, you know. War movies. <laughs> War movie, yeah. <laughs> Quotes, unquote. Uh, all right, so speaking of Iron Maiden, Ace is High. Mm-hmm. 1976, directed by Jack Gold. I mean, you can always tell what Iron Maiden's been watching on TV. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, It's like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Why are we doing that? Yeah, yeah Where Eagles Dare or whatever, you know. Right. Um, so... Uh, this is from 1976. Uh, it's about an eager new Royal Flying Corps replacement who joins the 76th. And we follow what happens in his first week. Yes, there is rolling, turning, diving, going in again. Uh, <laughs> much of the cast have horror credits and the original play Journey's End had stage and screen adaptations directed by James Well. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Firth, who is in Life Force, is the lead and you've also got Simon Ward, uh, Malcolm McDowell, oh. Richard Johnson, hmm. uh, Christopher Plummer, Ray Milland, John Gilgood, Trevor Howard. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Special effects by Derek Meddings. What what a amazing lineup. Yeah. Um, the director, Gold, was a British realist, and he did a lot of serious TV and stage work. But his next film was The Medusa Touch. Oh, nice. Which we know and love. Yes. Uh, some aerial footage is from the Blue Max, apparently, although I didn't spot it. And uh, Von Richthofen and Brown. Hmm. Um, and I, was, I watched the, both of them as well. Blue Max is like your... I, I'll talk about that, but um, Von Richthofen and Brown is the Roger Corman one. Oh, okay. Using planes left over from the Blue Max. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, so the Blue Max 1966 is directed by John Gilliman, who... Did Towering Inferno and King Kong and King Kong Lives. Um, <laughs> this is 156 minutes. Um, too long. George, Far too long. Yes. Uh, George Papard, Ursula Andress, James Mason, Anton Diffring. Uh, so this is like uh, if you're going for spectacular World War One 
flying movies. This is the one. This is like cinema scope. Yeah. It's very spectacular. Um, terrific film about heroism and the politics using it. If you need sympathetic, compassionate characters to get you through a movie, there are maybe a couple in the supporting cast, but that's it. <laughs> I know all the all the characters are Germans, uh, busily shooting down the British, mm. and uh, and they're all like so self concerned, and <laughs> it's uh, yeah. So uh, not many sympathetic people in this. Uh, so you've got a lower class hero who proves he's not only as good as the toffs in the air force, he's just as bad as them. You've got a Jerry Goldsmith score. Uh, the poster is by Frank McCarthy. Um, and so I watched a, a bunch of World War One flying movies. Um, the Red Baron. Um, Wings. Red Baron and Snoopy. Dawn Patrol. Red Baron in Space. Yeah, yeah. That was a big hit in Britain. Was it, was it here? Um, Red Baron and Snoopy? Yeah. Snoopy versus the Red Baron, the song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. That song was big. Yeah, we had a 45 record of it when I was a kid. Wasn't that Paul Revere and the Raiders? Yeah, let's Who Google knows that. Uh, the Royal Guardsman or something. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. Royal Guardsman. That that uh, information's been purged from the system. I yeah. no longer remember. <laughs> I decided it wasn't important anymore. Dump it out so I could remember shitty movies I watch on TV. <laughs> that's right. All right. Are, are you looking this up? Or? I looked. It's the Royal Guardsman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brave Storm from 2017, directed by Junya Okabe. Uh, this combines the Senkosha TV heroes Super Robot Red Baron and Silver Mask. Uh, in 2050, aliens have wiped out 95% of humans using their giant robot Black Baron, which emits poisonous smoke. Three survivors, one with a silver suit, one a psychic woman and one a fellow with alien detecting shades uh, escape back to 2013 along with the schematics of Black Baron and convince the man who will become their father to build a, a rival giant robot called Red Baron, which he somehow completes five years later. So it's now 2018 mm-hmm. and it's configured to be piloted by the scientist's younger brother, a street fighting boxer. Um, the thing about the alien detecting shades, that was in the original Silver Mask series from 1971 so they're not ripping off oh, okay. John Carpenter well that's fair um, it's quite it's entertaining you've got like giant robots and cyborgs and all sorts running around yeah quite fun um, alright uh, Godzilla Mirasati from 2012 aka Adibaya Ulagam or Primary World aka Mi Amigo Godzilla as it was known in Spain. <laughs> All right. This is 85 minutes. Um, edited, directed, scored, etc. by Shakti Scott. A uh, professor's basement lab teleportation experiment accidentally lands him and his grandchildren in 165,026,188 BCE. It's pretty exact. Yeah. Where they meet. It was a Tuesday. <laughs> where they meet various dinosaurs and a caveman they name Boo Boo. Uh, it's largely shot on a green screen set with CG creatures and environments, including a talking dog. Hmm. No Godzilla. Well. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. No? Even for Godzilla completists, it's just the title. I don't know why they called it that. Um, all right. So uh, to celebrate Cocaine Bear, I rewatched a Grizzly. 
Oh, good. From 1976, from William Girdler. Oh, I love this movie. Director of the Manitou. We ought to do this one. Yeah, <clears throat> Grizzly's fantastic. Have you seen Jaws? Imagine <laughs> it on land. Oh, so Jaws is like the sea version of Grizzly? Yeah. Huh. So this is about, uh, on the poster it says an 18-foot tall grizzly, but it's played by an 11-foot tall Kodiak bear named Teddy. He gets a taste for plaid-wearing, schlitz-swigging humans. Hunters include three friends from Chisholm, 1970, uh, Christopher George, Andrew Prine, and Richard Greenslime Jekyll. Um, women are love interests and lunch meat, but the last half hour is a sausage, sausage fest, just like Jaws. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, a boy named Bobby gets his leg torn off. Uh, poster art by Neil Adams. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the oh. one where it's like the bear's, yeah, like the bears rearing bears up and tearing over this woman. That's, that's crazy, because usually I can spot Neil Adams' work. Um, watched, uh, finally, I, I, I've not seen this before, Inland Empire. Have you seen that one? I have not watched it, yes. because it's like four hours long, and I just... Yeah, 180 I, minutes, exactly. I love David Lynch, but I don't know. I'm, I may have to break it up into... It's... Yeah, you can't break it up. You just get into it. And just go. Stay with it. You're not going to... Yeah, if you watch it in bits, I don't think you'll... Work. At all, yeah, you've got to be in that world. Okay. Yeah, 180 minutes of your life. Um, so I, I give that much to David Lynch. I think because like um, Criterion just brought it out, so I was able to watch it all. Oh, okay. Oh, no, for some reason, I missed it. Yeah, I didn't watch it because it was so long. That was the only yeah, thing that I, kept I, me from. I wasn't really into Lynch at the time. I'd gone off him. Uh, I hate to say it, but the description of it kind of turned me off it sounded dull yeah same even old. though it's david lynch and i don't believe that's possible <laughs> uh something in my brain was just like no i right i saw mulholland drive and that was fantastic yeah, I love that one. let's just leave it at that yeah. um so uh most immediate lynch film um shot on digital camera he held himself so we're seeing what he's choosing to share of what he saw so you're getting a very direct experience of what of his his vision um so so it's shot on a digital so it's a it's a medium with a lot of accidental material like video faults and flare and shallow focus but it's all put to deliberate use it's all oh nice you know being uh, used very deliberately um it's got great performers like natasha kinski harry dean stanton laura dern she's the lead yeah, I heard Laura Dern was really good in this. Yeah, she she's really good. Um, she does spend a lot of time pulling a Tucker Carlson face. Just <laughs> wandering around with a mouth breathing, yeah. The confused baboon look. <laughs> um, familiar territory. You've got an actor playing an actor in a film in Hollywood, etc. You know. um, plot threads seem quite mundane. You know, it's like adultery and yeah. murder plots and things. But that's not... He's not really concerned with plot. No. Um, uh, Emily spent a third of it asleep, which might be the best way to watch it. Oh, okay. Mm. Just drift off. Just drift off. Come back into it. That is how I like watching movies now. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, Left Hand of God, Right Hand of the Devil, also from 2006. This is directed by Shusuke Kaneko, director of the uh, Gamera trilogy, which is fantastic. Uh, it's based on a scary manga by Katsuometsu, who also plays a convenience store customer in this movie. 
Uh, it's got some nasty weirdness, but it's hamstrung by low budget, weak performances, and surprisingly ham-fisted direction, which can't deal with the surreal imagery. Had to back up a couple of times during t- due to nodding off. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's it. Wow. All right. So, Will, you went and picked Don't Go Near the Park. Yes, based on Jolien's... Uh, Glowing review of yes. it. Yes. Well, reading of the synopsis. Yeah, reading, yeah, reading <clears throat> the synopsis, which made no sense. And the movie made less sense than the synopsis somehow. I often felt like I didn't know what was going on, or maybe I had taken a nap and woken up, and it had you know been playing for twenty minutes. Maybe this whole- was just between individual scenes. <laughs> what is going on? Who are these people? What is this curse? If you had to explain it, I couldn't. You can't think about it. Well, I can't even. I couldn't put it together, and I just watched it. Today. <clears throat> Today, right before the show. I watched it last night. I was fully awake. <laughs> it was early enough in the evening to where I wasn't sleepy or anything. I watched it and I don't I don't feel like I know what I watched. Exactly. I watched it, I wrapped it up about a quarter after five. You know, we record at six. People don't know that, but right. uh, it's important information. Uh so yeah, I just watched it. I don't know, no clue. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Yeah, and and I think it was um, foolish misuse of Linnea Quigley's talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I missed her talent in this. Yeah, it was um, obscured. I expected it. It was obscured by a shower door and then uh, cut short by a stupid edit. Yeah. So anyway, um, <clears throat> maybe she was not yet comfortable <clears throat> showing her talent on film. So, so I, 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 I kind of, uh, I summarized what I believe the filmmakers, uh, what their motto was or what their, what their, uh, vision, their pep talk, their, their vision was more Coke. So in quotes, so when we show dot dot dot, the audience will understand that dot 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 is happening. Uh huh. And then more coke. <laughs> right. Um, pretty much, they show you whatever they want to show you and expect you to understand what's happening and and you know how what? it connects. Yeah. Because I, I don't think this movie was made with a script at all. I kind of feel like you're right. Like like they just started going. It's a caveman picture. Yeah, I think the uh, the, <coughs> the the story of the making of this was was titled "Whoa, a camera." <laughs> Here's an idea. Hey, yeah, let's go to that park and just you know walk around and say stuff. He was only yeah. nineteen. True. The filmmaker was only yeah, nineteen. Yeah, the filmmaker oh, okay. was only nineteen <clears throat> and a massive pothead. His second movie. <laughs> Yeah, there was wow. a lot of pot smoking in this. He, did a, he produced this film called Malibu High before this. Oh, wow. That was a big hit. I, it reminded me a bit of the Incredibly Strange Creatures. Mm. Um, Dennis, whatever. Ray Cash Dennis flag. Deckler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Ray Dennis Steckler. Kind of like that, but not... I don't know. It's missing that X factor that he had. John Carradine. True, it is missing John Carradine. That's what it would have made this movie. Just yeah. it would have held it together. You'd yeah, be he, like, "Oh, he, his explanation there," and twenty minutes in, as an old scientist that kind of vaguely referenced stuff in this movie, 
made it all make sense. Mm-hmm. He, he could easily play that tribal elder <laughs> curses them. Curses them to get what they wanted. Yes. And then after 16,000 years, they can be released by the, from the curse by doing what they were forbidden to do. And then they get what they wanted. <laughs> I didn't understand. Here's something, here's something that I always get... I always go down this mental rabbit hole when watching a movie. Uh, anything made before, say, the early to mid-90s, I will look at the movie and go, how did they print that fake newspaper back then? Because mm. it wasn't easy to just print a fake newspaper. Actually, it probably was pretty easy to print a fake newspaper before 1990. How? You just know somebody who runs a printer. Those printers aren't running all the time. I guess that's true. There's probably a Pro- novelty printer, though, that works in Hollywood that produces these for. You've got some sort of, you know, Ipsum art fake. Yeah, you've got an art just... department running, you know, working in the studio. So you're like, oh, we need some fake papers that say saucers over Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess that would or make... child missing again. Um, <laughs> uh, child lost again. This child is, lost you, again. You know where I was going with this. Um, so. Is the same child lost an additional time? Yes. Or is there an additional he, child who's gone missing? No, he was lost once, found, and now he's lost again. You know what? If this is what he's going to keep doing, <laughs> just let him go. He gets off that leash and he's gone. They didn't have microchipping for kids back then. No. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, the Linnea Quigley uh, character moves fast. Jolene, you mentioned this. She goes from... What's her name? Bimbo's mom? Yeah, something like that. No, Bondi. Bon, Bimbo, Bondi, Blondie, what was it? Bondi. Uh, Bondi. Bondi, yeah. Um, yeah, Linnea Quigley as Bondi's mother. Uh, so she goes from walking around doing stuff to taking a shower, which again, you know, they misuse that opportunity. And then she's married, then she's got a kid, then the kid's five, then the kid's 16. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, what I liked, though, is when the kid is five, uh, the dad takes her to the zoo. Mm. And when we were supposed to sense the danger of the white wolves in captivity, I shit you not, there is a rattlesnake sound effect that they, that they fade into the ominous music. And I'm like, okay, that denotes danger when you see a weird stranger with a van, which happens in this movie, too, by the way. Yes, uh, yes. But- but when you're showing wolves, maybe a different sound other than a rattlesnake. Probably. Maybe a wolf howl. Yeah. Or a maybe growl. even some wind. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, Or some ominous music without a sound effect. But uh, I really... Banjo music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're scarier than hillbillies. Wolves. Wolves, that is. They're like the hillbillies of the animal kingdom. No, that's raccoons. That's right. <laughs> that is right. Um, so if I were to mention a dumb flashback, would you even know what part of the movie I was talking <laughs> no, about? It could be any, you know what? Go ahead point. and say it, and I'll try to f- pick where it would go in the movie. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> well, this is after the zoo scene. I just, I just made a note. Dumb flashback, and now she's 16. Yeah, okay. I remember that bit. Yeah. It's like, 
a blurry edged scene of some people in a cave saying some stuff and some there were a lot of scenes in a cave that i couldn't tell what was going on nor did i care yeah i was so invested in these characters <laughs> that they couldn't even give names to <laughs> give her her own name linnea i mean that's probably the laziest screenwriting trick there is don't just call her bimbo's mom or whatever bondy okay so bondy uh at 16 years old is accepting rides from van loads of pedophiles Mm -hmm. and i believe that was all of the early 70s yeah if it's a van don't get in it no that's pretty much it um that van was kind of comically short I think it was an Econoline and not like a Chevy van or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, ugly. You we- couldn't get the f- full Frank Frazetta picture on the side of you know Death Dealer. You had to only include the guy, not the horse. So, Jolien, <laughs> growing up in England as you did, was yes. was was there? Um, custom van culture back in the old country no i saw some airbrush out very rarely on vans and things it wasn't really a thing but there weren't the custom vans that we would see back in the day who boy they had whole magazines dedicated to it Mm -hmm. yeah it was a big thing in the 70s they even had i remember there were toys advertised in the in the back of the comics it would be like footprints on this little Hot Wheels car, you know, collect them all sort of bullshit. Well, Mystery Mobile was basically a yeah. custom van, right? Yeah. 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 I, I th- in fact, I think we could blame them. <laughs> it may be because it probably grew up from VW bus culture. It's not a van. It's a bus. Right. They'll tell you that too. Yes. They'll make, they'll make very, make it very clear. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. They would do things like completely, well, I guess a van if, if it's new is already gutted for you you know you you get into most vans and it's just like there's like corrugated corrugated floor and like the the little beam ribs up the side and that's it so if you know how to cut metal you could put like a teardrop shaped window if you know someone who can airbrush airbrush a frank versetta mural on the side man and then you could put in like a wood floor and shag carpeting all the and way around. And a water around. bed. Water bed, why not? Uh-huh. And uh, some sort of flag pinned to the ceiling. Yeah. Either a marijuana leaf or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It was called a chick magnet. It was called a shagging wagon. Yeah, that too. Or a stabbing cabin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they would all have a bumper sticker. What did the bumper sticker say again? I don't remember. Something about if the van is um, uh, rocking. Rock, yeah. Don't bother knocking. Something like that. Yeah. So um, these guys were kind of well below that station in van culture. Yeah. No, these weren't van culture guys. These had crossed over to serial killers driving around in a van. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, one of them is the director, apparently. Oh, really? He wanted to grow up a teen girl, apparently. Okay. Hey, you're a director. You can get away with anything. He was a teenager at the time. I guess. That's true. Technically. Technically. (laughs) Well, you're 18. You're an adult. 
technically. Yeah. But, you're, but if but you're, you're 19, you're still a teen. Yeah. 19. You could go hang out with the other teens. And besides, in 1970-whenever. Uh, Eight, nine, whenever they made this. Yeah. Um, a 19-year-old going out with a 16-year-old was no big deal. Nobody blinked at it back then. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that weird. It's three years. It's she a, could be a freshman, you're a senior. I guess. I, I mean. It could be weirder, for sure. It certainly could be weirder. She could be some sort of animatronic doll. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a space alien from the past. Right. Or something like that. So um, so the pedo gang is on screen for how many minutes? I believe those were modeled after the toolbox killers. They looked a lot like those guys. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very familiar with toolbox killers. It was killers. two guys who drove around in Los Angeles in the 70s kidnapping oh, 16-year-olds. I know who you're talking about. I didn't I didn't remember their moniker. Bianchi and somebody. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I listened to a podcast about them. Ew, mm-hmm. ew, ew. Yeah, they were not good guys. No. Um, but how long were these pedos on screen before... A few minutes before she calls down the power of... Of Dad. Yeah. Through her giant magical necklace. Yeah. That does something. Represents what? Nobody knows. Belongs to who? Does what? But the van... The van goes off the bridge of about eight feet. Uh Uh-huh. Lands kind of softly. And then explodes <laughs> in a huge fireball. Yeah. Yeah. Which they make fun of in uh, in uh, Hollywood Boulevard. A motorcycle goes over and it kind of tips on its side and explodes. Yeah. In a huge fireball. Blowing all these guys back. Hey, it's America. That's what our cars do. Yeah. Apparently. Um. Julian, did did that look like Spawn Ranch to you? When they do show up in that ghost town? No, I don't remember where that place it, is. It went from van full of creeps and this girl who's willing to be stupid. All of a sudden, hey, it's Spawn Ranch. It totally felt like like uh, Manson family stuff was coming next. Oh, the whole thing kind of felt Manson mm-hmm. family-ish, mm-hmm. didn't it? Yeah, I guess. I mostly felt confused and slightly angry at the confusion. Like, God damn it, I should be able to understand this. It's a movie. They're not hard to follow. Everybody can watch a movie. What is going on? And why does it make me so angry? Uh, what about the creepy kid? Okay, so she shows up at this, this. spawn ranch and uh, decides to take a little nap. Uh-huh, and the kid comes and feels her up. Yeah, he starts groping her. What is he, like seven? He was like 12. Was he? Yeah. Okay. But still. I did like his line delivery when the cowboy brought in groceries and he went, what the fuck is all this? <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> um, but his line when she wakes up and gets angry with him was like, sorry, I didn't know you were alive. Yeah. Yeah. So you were happy to be groping a corpse? Nick Necrophile. Sure. Yeah. Nick the necrophile. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't know where that kid came from. I was like, what? He, he just, just showed shows up. up. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the... Like everyone does in just, the TV. Yeah, the just, reporter, Alder Ray, <laughs> just shows up and then he's gone at some point. Yeah, just what inject happened? this awful kid into the movie. Inject this weird reporter who you're starting to think might be some sort of kidnapping murderer. And is that supposed to be the same kid? Nick, yeah. Yeah, Nick. That's the same kid. Okay, he... Okay, weird. He just is friends with this reporter at some point. I think he sells him a flower. He's, he goes downtown to sell flowers from a bucket. Yeah. And then he, he gets picked on by these other guys who are at the bus stop across oh, yeah. the street. And then Taft, the uh, writer, comes along and rescues him. And he happens to be an expert on the very ranch. that. Oh, that's right. And he goes, hey, you want to go get breakfast? And he shows him the, the newspaper headlines. Yeah. Yeah, because adults should want to hang out with little kids, right? Yeah, Perfect, sure perfectly normal. Early 70s, it seems fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think we'd gotten rid of lead and gasoline, so this is way down on the list of problems. Yeah, yeah. The uh, crazy smoke was definitely in the air in more ways than one. The crazy smoke. That's not dissipated, has it? It's build I... up, built up over the years, perhaps. I feel like something's happened. Is a crazy smokosphere. <laughs> yeah. But there's two there's two different lines this kid says. One of them is, Who's this broad? Yeah. <laughs> He's showing the kid the picture of a missing girl or something. And yeah. who's this broad? Really? Is that how you talk, kid? And then uh shortly after that, are you jiving me? Yeah, yeah. No, it read true for a fake tough kid who's living on the streets. Yeah. You know, he's not really that tough. What's he going to do? He's 12. Yeah. He struts around shirtless like he's going to kick someone's ass. Mm-hmm. But it's all a show. It is. That's why he was willing to feel up a dead girl, because he knew a live girl would kick his ass. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to poke them with a stick first, because you're out of punching range. Yeah. Yeah. Then you can move in for your grope. <laughs> <laughs> it's in all the Boy Scout handbooks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there's even a merit badge for it it's like stand by me only really gross yeah hey want to go feel up a dead body <laughs> that whole movie takes on a different meaning you know yeah. can you imagine if stephen king wrote it that way that he would almost be as gross did. as it <laughs> yeah oh man the orgy with the dead body at the end of that book mm. wow how did he get away with that so, Julian, what, what was your favorite thing about this movie? Favorite thing? Are we still talking about this movie? <laughs> or is this a blurry-edged flashback about God knows what? Yeah. Um, I started laughing from when they show the headlines saying, Child Lost Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I pretty much had the same expression on my face throughout. <laughs> like what is going on yeah um the the some of the speeches um especially in the cave at the end oh yeah oh, yeah what was that <laughs> you didn't understand that no god there were cave people there were wizards there was this kid talking like he's some sort of a i don't know 60s yeah, but by the time they get to the immortal cave people with eye lasers, it's like, okay. Oh, let's talk about the special <laughs> effects. I forgot about the eyes lasers. 
Yeah, I think they told the guy, stand still for a second and kind of look in this general direction. And then he kind of moves his head at the end of it like like he thought that's when he was going to shoot the laser. Yeah, I felt like they just superimposed a game of Pong over this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just a white zip of a line. <sighs> yeah. You didn't believe those were real eye lasers? I've seen eye lasers, man. <laughs> yeah, they didn't look real at all. Yeah, that was... That was something. Um, you never get eye lasers that bright white. I would like to sit with... No, this isn't true, but it would be interesting to sit with the director, the writer slash director of this and uh, and just say, okay, now what, what exactly is happening here? My drug addiction overwhelmed my writing ability. <laughs> That's right. Uh yeah. No one told me no. <laughs> Ambitions. Nobody told me not to, even though I titled it Don't Go Near the Part. Ambitions outweigh capabilities. Yeah. Somebody should have said, don't make this movie. Please. Were, I, were either of you aware of uh, the fact that this was distributed by Canon Films eventually? Oh, no. Mm. But that doesn't surprise me. Made money. Yeah, like more than tripled its budget. Mm -hmm. So it had a hundred and ten thousand dollar budget, and it made three hundred and ninety thousand. A hundred and ten thousand dollar budget total Coke, right? Like, I think most of that must have gone to Coke. <laughs> How did this thing cost a hundred and ten thousand dollars in nineteen seventy nine? Yeah. Should I pull up one of those calculators and tell you what that actually spent, Go for spent it. like? Because this is. Um, Let's just do inflation calculator. Eye lasers don't come cheap. Yeah, that's true. That special effect was... You could probably... They had a whole team of animators working on that round the clock for weeks. Oh, yeah, that's Disney quality stuff. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. It, it rivals the stuff in, uh, Forbidden, in Forbidden, Planet. <laughs> Forbidden Planet, yeah. We figure it was made in 78. Robbie the Robot was in Hollywood Boulevard as well. Yeah, and Godzilla. Yeah, and Godzilla, who they call a she and i wanted to ask you about that is godzilla a she no okay he's referred to as king of the monsters even right in, even in japanese well maybe that's just the title you know doesn't matter the gender it's just whoever the leader of the monsters is okay is king in 1978 bucks that would have been just over half a million dollars Really? Yeah, $509,232.52. For a rundown house in Denver right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You'd be lucky to find any house in Denver for that much now, um, which means our inflation rate is 362.9%. Well, yeah, that's since, since that, right? Since then, yeah. Uh, so imagine someone gave you half a million dollars and said, go make a movie I'm making two. <laughs> You're going to go to the... Splitting that budget. You're going to the Philippines. We're going to the Philippines. We're going to film two movies simultaneously within a week. And then we're going to take a week to just relax and do a lot of drugs. Just drink drinks out of coconuts and do drugs. Yeah. I think this sounds like a good idea for our futures. Um, Yeah. So uh, they said Italian filmmakers are too safe. <laughs> Let's find a place where actors could actually be killed on screen. 
Or, hey, wacky idea here. Let's just kill them. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just shoot crossbows into the distance. And if one of the actors gets killed, make sure that's on them. Make sure you're rolling. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Yeah, 1979. Did I? Calculate for seventy eight or seventy nine. It doesn't matter. Same difference. Enough. Yeah, they did half a million dollars. Half a million dollars. Cave sequences were filmed in the Bronson Caves and mm. Griffith Park. Yep. They make sure make some mentions of Griffith Park or Griffith. Griffith. Yeah. Did you like the bit where she gets scared by a dog and falls down, rolls down a hill, and is straight into a cave? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which happens I think to be that the cave happened. <laughs> happens inhabited to be... by the immortal caveman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense mm-hmm. if you think about it. It's all logical. <laughs> you know, I don't know how many times a dog has chased me. I've fallen and rolled into a cave. You know, Which... at least some sort of rocky outcropping. So, other than um, uh, being past his prime at the time, Aldo Ray. Uh, the only other person in the movie that we could call a star at all is Linnea Quigley, right? Mm-hmm. What was uh, uh, Barbara? Um, what's her name? Barbara Bain is in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple people that I took to be actual actors who used fake names in the credits because one of them is just something like Crackers McGee. Yeah, She's... Uh, Crackers Finn is actually uh, Robert Gribbin. I don't know who that is, but. And uh, yeah, Barbara Bain. I forget what name she's she using. uses. Some goofy last name. She's the one from the Mission Impossible series. Yeah, and Space Night Night Nine. Oh yeah, cool. Well, as far as somebody who our listeners would know better, uh, Linnea Quigley. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to hear a quote from <laughs> Linnea Quigley <laughs> from making this? Uh, yeah, it's like the only quote I found. Yeah, I've read uh, several reviews and all of them use the word terrible. <clears throat> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, here's what she recalled of shooting this film. I sent my picture in and they called me and I read for the part of this woman that bears a child. They're supposed to age me like she's all grown up and everything. And I had a real baby face then, but they uh, used the worst makeup and I just looked like I had stipple on. It was crazy. It looked so bad. The movie was terrible. Yeah. She has a firm grasp on the obvious, which I really like, you know, rather than saying, well, you know, it was a fun first experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, this movie was crap. It was a gateway to stardom. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This was on the video nasties list. For incomprehensible plot. For obscenity. Oh. Um. But the, that the, doesn't mean they saw it. Yeah. That's probably true. Um, Don't Go Near the Park was successfully prosecuted for obscenity and placed on the video nasty list. So they were taking films to trial, which is funny. <clears throat> they still wear powdered wigs, don't they, Julian? In court? Yeah. Do they still do that? I don't know if they still do that. That is so weird. That, I mean, it was definitely my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. I think they still do, which is weird. Yeah, it's not not even that old. It's only a hundred and something years old. I want to say that it's only like higher courts. Oh, that could be. But that's going off television shows. But if you're, they say, pardon my murders that might go to Mm -hmm. trial. They say barrister, right? Yeah. So if you're a barrister, you have to own one of those just in case. (laughs) 
Um, in case you end up in a higher you court? You probably get one when you pass the bar. Do you think it's like yarmulkes at, at, a, at like a Jewish wedding where they just have like a... A table a bas- full of like them? Like a basket of them? <laughs> yeah, they actually do. And you can go and pick out a wig. And if you get there late, you get the bad wigs. Man, out of real <laughs> fakey hair, maybe straw even. <laughs> it's like a mullet style powdered wig. Oh, man. It's all patchy. <laughs> it's all spiky on top and long in the back. <laughs> Just those George Washington curls on the side. Yeah. Like a couple of them are still there. <laughs> Oh, God. So, um, this was uh, released on VHS in the United States under various alternate titles. In 1986, Thriller Video released it under the title Night Stalker. It was re-released in 1989. There's no night stalking in this movie. Uh, It was re-released in 1989 by Electric Productions under the title Curse of the Living Dead. Shame on you for trying to do that. It's clear what you were trying to do with that title. Take advantage of curse films. <laughs> yeah. In, uh, let's see, 2006, Dark Sky Films released a special edition DVD of the film. Uh, the same year the film was passed uncut in the United Kingdom by the British Board of Film Classifications. So, it finally got its day. It eventually was... You know, able to disappoint people by <laughs> by modern life. <laughs> right. We finally surpassed the outrageousness of this film. Yes, I've, I've only seen two posters for it. There's, there's one where they take the image of when she has the nightmare where she falls through the bottom of a coffin. Mm-hmm. So she's like flying through space, and so it, it kind of looks like a jello poster. And then the other poster is like her at the end of the movie where the kids on top of the the slide mm-hmm. and she's like clawing his his innards out his chest so yeah a bunch of weird crap happens and then we get the zinger ending which you just mentioned yeah that she was a robot all along <laughs> <laughs> yeah she always had the power to return home laid within her not she only clicked her heels twice yeah you've both seen deadly friend right uh-huh mm-hmm. same shit um <laughs> the zinger ending uh, it, it was, it was a staple of the late seventies, wasn't it? To just kind of throw a zinger in there because everyone had seen Carrie by this point. I know. So Carrie did it very successfully and then Friday the 13th did it successfully again. So right. So this was the gap in between. Yeah. I think it's just going, Hey, you know that thing? <laughs> well, you know, even like trilogy of terror. I think it was it was it was pretty common in the um, nature run amok cycle. You'd you go through the whole movie and they kill off a whole bunch of creatures, and then at the end you'd have like an egg hatching or a yeah or something some, leaking into the some cat looking into the camera or something birds in the yeah. trees watching you yeah S- something leaking into the stream where the animals are drinking or eh, something yeah I mean it's a hallmark of modern horror movies like post 968 that it's not over mm-hmm. yeah. they, they can't it, you know it's not going to be oh it's all done everything's fine mm-hmm. we just can't it's all do fine that, now do that ending anymore bubbles coming up in the swamp mm-hmm. whatever it is yeah so um the inevitable let's do the recommends <laughs> will 
You're fresh off of just having watched this hours ago. Mm, it depends on how much self-loathing loathing you have, I believe. <laughs> yes, how much of a masochist you are. How much of a masochist are you? Uh, wow. Uh, because myself, I love watching bad movies, and this almost broke me. <laughs> <laughs> there were times where I was like, I have to turn this off. This is awful. I walk around. I have daylight. to do something. I'm going to look at my phone. <laughs> uh, I should take a nap. Can you get a higher recommendation than that? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> the film that almost broke Will. Yeah, like the uninvited when you had mentioned it a while ago, and I had a visual, a real solid vision of the film. Oh, awful. Well, so can... yes, recommend. Okay, Julian. Sure. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, watch this. Sure, why not? As everyone who's ever reviewed it said, terrible, terrible, terrible. Know what you're getting into, and it's not terrible in a wow this kind of does something other than what it intended, like um, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Intended to be good. It was hilariously bad. This isn't even necessarily hilarious. I mean, there's a few chuckles, like the kid saying, who's this broad? And Oh, I laughed. Child lost again. Child, Child lost again. Yeah, there's, there's a few <laughs> stupid things like that that are laughable. <laughs> there's a lot of bad stuff in this. Yeah. Yeah, some reviews do call it boring, but... I, I couldn't get bored because I I just felt so confused. Like I like I wasn't paying enough attention to it. But if I did, which I don't know how, I'm just watching the movie, but Yeah, I and there were several bits where it was like especially with the kids, I thought, Oh, you're gonna go there? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> well I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Todd Martin from horrornews.net who called it a goofy boring, ridiculous mess of a film uh -huh. that is just pretty much pointless in every possible way. Yeah, yeah. yeah apart from the boring, I, I go with it. Yeah, it's not exactly boring. And it's it, it it's 80 minutes long. It feels like 90. It but... feels like two hours at least. <laughs> yeah. Part of me is still watching it. Yeah, I, I don't recommend it unless you are going to try to pick out some funnier stuff Have than what we saw. Have you seen everything else there is to see, including Uninvited and Roller Gator? <laughs> yeah. So, uh... I've got to see Roller Gator. Oh, I found out there's a third one from that director. Uh, they all have Joe Estevez in it. Uh, the second one is Baby Ghost, which I've also seen, which... Oh my God! It may be worse than Roller Gator, wow. but something. Well, I think it was like guitar work in Roller Gator. It has somebody noodling on a guitar the entire film, no matter what's going on. Doesn't matter. It's like they were playing in the next, you know, room, and the ADR <laughs> got crossed or something. Yeah, that that's yeah. somebody with some influence who was in love with their stupid guitar playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the third one I think is about a cute sea monster so i gotta find it all right well at this point i guess we should probably call it a show and uh next week we're going to talk about megan or m Thregan, uh and uh the horrors of ai maybe we'll maybe we'll create some ai generated content while we're recording okay. that'll be great fun uh so listeners thank you for listening 
I don't understand. <laughs>